who is like remembering that like you know who's fucking to that i don't know you know what i mean everybody like everybody Watch from the, like day one, <laughs> but but there was a bunch of you know there was also like uh, jazz you know like hot yeah. jazz and there was but can you I I can only imagine what it must have been like to go up to freaking Harlem and see uh, Cab Calloway and, yeah. or or just any kind of white bread big band right you got. 15, 20 people on stage just blowing their brains out. It's like. Hello. What's going on, man? <laughs> oh, uh, I just came back from Fort Worth, which is pretty supernatural. Night, yeah. And, um, yes, driving down Interstate 35 is uh, it's a trip. Yeah, it's a beautiful trip. I love. Um, I'm. I used to live in Arizona for the longest time, and I also lived out in California. And I would love that trip going back from Cali to Arizona because there's that there's that stretch where it's just all desert. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, oh man, I wonder if I'm gonna see something fucking weird. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like I would go late <laughs> at night and just hope I would just get picked up by fuck some alien or see a chupacabra. I never saw anything cool, but no, no. I think you have to go further north, like uh, Sedona. Oh and, yeah, Sedona. Uh, you know, yeah, Sedona, Flagstaff. That's the. Is that where they part. had the two lights back in the '90s? Was it Sedona or Scottsdale where they saw? those two lights over the mountain back in the day. And it was like all the, all this crazy shit. Oh, uh, I don't, I don't remember. I may have been. Yeah. When I, I was a kid that scared Sedona's the shit out of me. Yeah. Sedona's very trippy kind of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I love all that stuff, man. Yeah. I were you, were you into it before you signed up to do the show? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I love the mystery of life and I'm, I'm glad that there's plenty of things that can't be quantified. And yeah, I mean, sure study the brain all you want and uh but you still can't explain like the feeling that makes the you know hairs on the back of your neck stand up when you're about to encounter some crazy person uh, in the street or or that feeling that's um you know tells you that something's right and and if you you know as you get a little older then you start listening to it and, and believing yeah. it i love i love uh mystery yeah me yeah, too mystery is is awesome I had this with a couple people and I'm sure you have it too. Where like, I will be thinking of my best friend and they will call within that minute. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. what, what did you know? Like, did, it, did something happen? And it, it just happens every time, no matter yeah. what it is, no matter where we are. And, and sometimes we'll go like a couple months without talking and randomly I'll just be like, you know, I should call, I should call and, I, and I'll be like, whatever. And then they'll, they'll just, they'll yes. call me. And I'm like, what the fuck beautiful thing. About? Yeah. I love, I love it. Yeah. Yes. Roswell's a great show too, by the way. Congratulations. That was that was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was fun. Um, I, I kind of got cut out of the whole second season, but I was wondering what happened there. But I thought maybe you were uh, going to come back if they. I, well, I did uh, in the third season. Yeah. But uh, which they thought never was going to happen because the second season kind of tanked. Oh, uh, that yeah, was that was my understanding. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, they had a good thing going, right? They, did. they had really good looking teenagers making out. And by the way, there's three of them that are aliens. <laughs> That's plenty. That's plenty. Just go with that, man. And then there's a bunch of adults that don't know shit. Right. Like, great. Don't don't mess with it. You know, it's yep. not broken. And then they, you know, then I think X Files was doing really, really, really well. And they thought, oh, yeah, we got to bring in some more aliens. We got to get all these plot points and we got to, you know, get this elliptical fucking, you know, plot thing going on where you you only, and it, it wasn't an HBO show. You know, it was like a, yeah. you know, whatever uh, was popular at the CW, I think was. It was yeah, it was CW or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then it switched to some other one and then I thought it was going to get canceled. And then, Somebody swooped in and and picked up the third season. That was that was fun. But you're you're right. That is a problem with a lot of those shows. Is that like they'll kind of go beyond the scope of what they're supposed to be doing yeah. and then try to compete with like the HBO shows who can do whatever they want. So you're like, oh, we're gonna yeah. lose. We're never gonna. Yeah. yeah. But it was it was at the point like Katie Heigl had cut all her hair off and yeah, and, you know, I had like a a. I had done, done some other movie and had like all these blonde tips in my hair, which was totally wrong for this nerdy dad that, that I was playing Jeff. Parker. Right, you got really cool at some point, like, like looking like it was, we were like, what happened? What's going on there? But we just didn't question it because everybody loved yeah. your character. So we were just like, if he wants to have blonde was, tips uh, in his hair. No, no, no. I, I cut it out, dyed it, dyed right, it right. but, but uh, yeah, it was, it was a surprise to everybody. It was so last minute. It was like, a month before they were, you know, had to absolutely start shooting, so they would have some episodes to put up on the thing. Oh, nice! But anyway, it was it was really fun. That probably the best part was um, they shot it on the Paramount lot in in Hollywood. Oh wow! And that's like you know you you're kind of rolling through the same gates that Gloria Swanson did, and and it looks like you know Sunset Boulevard, the movie, and and uh, there's a the, there's these huge uh, sound stages and. You just know all kinds of, you know, shit and ghosts and stuff went down. Uh, I love yeah, hearing was, stories about that on the old lots. It was beautiful. I mean, it, it, it really made you feel like you were, whether you were doing something or not, it made you feel like you were kind of involved in something that was lasting yeah. or had, had history. And that was fun. And, and you know, all the, the young actors, they were, they were really, uh, they were into it. You know, they, they realized that they, well, Maybe a few didn't totally realize that they, <laughs> they had just unwrapped their candy bar and there was a freaking gold ticket in there. Oh yeah, but, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, yeah, it's nice when they kind of when you can tell like the younger guys kind of appreciate where they are and kind of acknowledge yes. it and and that kind of shit too. Yeah. It's because same thing with comedians, man. Sometimes I meet people who are just starting doing comedy and I'm like, oh yeah, Jonathan Winters, blah blah blah, and they're like, who? And I'm like, get the fuck off my stage. Yes, yeah. Like, <laughs> like come well, on, she, man. The 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 girl who the woman who played my daughter, Sherry Appleby, she's directing all kinds of TV shows now. She's a directing fool. And, oh, nice. Uh, and she had a really good series called, uh, what was it called? It was about, it was a, a dramatic version of the, you know, Bachelorette. And oh. she was just a, a crappy, you know, kind of a, um, third assistant director kind of thing. And, but then she kind of worked her way up the ladder. And it oh, was nice. great. Un That's awesome, man. Like unreal or unmasked or un. Yeah, she was the lead in that. Cool. She's done really well. And obviously, Catherine Heigl did great. Oh, yeah. Catherine Heigl's so good. Others and it did well. But. Um, I was on the Henson lot 
before COVID hit because I had a meeting there and I yeah. totally stayed longer than I was supposed to because I mean, yeah. you know, used to be Chaplin Studios, used to be um, the records. Thank you. And, yeah. and I was like, I got done with the meeting and I, you know, you know how it is when you go to those meetings, you kind of <laughs> go back. To, and I was like, I am not going back to my fucking car right now. <laughs> and yeah. I just wandered, man, and took photos of shit I probably shouldn't have. And yeah. looking in bungalow windows, like <laughs> trying to see if Miss Piggy was changing. You know what I mean? Anything like I was looking, <laughs> I was looking for whatever I could find on that lot. dude. Yeah, they still got a, a some some great recording studios there. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And it's, I don't know what else they they do. I, I think it's mainly recording studios now. I don't know, but uh, oh, or, or yeah. I mean, or do they still do Muppet things? No, they still know. do them. Yeah, the Muppets still own it. They still oh, got okay. Kermit the Frog. Yeah, but <laughs> the know. Muppets actually own it. I don't know why I said it. This is this is how good the Muppets are. It's though, sort of chaotic. Have... <laughs> <laughs> Grover is actually a financial genius. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, that they have that bear as the security guard. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. Totally. times are tough. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. No, I know. Me neither. Yeah, that's that's how we, good they are at their jobs, though. I actually thought they were real people who ran that studio. <laughs> <laughs> Muppeteers are fucking geniuses. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> I love that John uh, Doe yeah. had to break it to me that they're really not running it. They were like, I don't think you were there. <laughs> I think you, you may have walked onto a soundstage. I'm a believer. I'm a believer, you, John. Yeah. Why not? Let's just believe. Exactly, right? That's all you need. So, so do you we have a friend you... to the oh. oh, I'm sorry. We have a friend no, no, of the show that was just asking a couple of questions. He wanted to know if uh Scott Curtis, nice to see you, Scott. He said, Can John talk about his friendship with Dave Alvin? I was going to. I would love to. Oh, yeah. Um <laughs> hey, can you talk about your friendship with Dave Alvin? See, Scott, I just saw I got it. it just popped up on the screen, too. Um oh, you know. We were just drawn together in the punk rock days. I think I first saw the Blasters in about 78, and they opened for us in San Diego, and we had already been listening to a lot of Sun Records. Um, you know, some of the deeper cuts like uh, Billy C. Riley and, and um, Sonny Burgess and things like that. And, and the Blasters started playing these songs in a style that was way louder than it should have been. And it was not in any way a rockabilly uh, revival kind of, they're not playing Gene Vincent or Eddie Cochran songs or something like that. They're doing their own stuff. And, and the sound of Phil's has such a old fashioned voice, Phil Alvin. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we just got to be pals and, and God, I can't even count how many times we've played together. We just, the blasters and Los Lobos and X just played, the Greek theater, like in, I think it was September of 2021. Oh, nice, man. Uh, you know, the Greek theater is in LA. It's an open, yep. open air, pretty yep. fancy, you know, like six, 7,000 capacity. And it was beautiful. It was awesome. But um, yeah, Dave, Dave and I've written songs together. We've taken illicit drugs together. We have <laughs> drunk, we have driven drunk, which I'm not necessarily proud of, but we survived somehow and didn't, kill either ourselves or anybody else and um and and we'll you know we'll see each other in november i think we're doing a one of those cruises of the the outlaw country cruise you know from sirius oh, xm nice. as outlaw country yeah so yeah that's going to be fun dave and jimmy dale gilmore are doing a thing with their with his with their band and uh 
Wow. X and social distortion. And oh, I nice. think Lucinda Williams is going to be on that. And um, it's a bunch of your, uh, you know, usual suspects in that world. Fantastic, man. When, yeah. when is that happening? I think it's the middle of November, middle to the end of November. Sweet. And it's going, it's going out of LA. But uh, it's, you know, it's like worth a road trip and, and they're not cheap, but it's also not crazy expensive. No, that'd be totally doable. I think pretty that'd be fun. a lot of fun. Yeah. It's pretty fun stuff. We, we've done a couple. I did one other uh, solo and um, X actually filled in for somebody who dropped off of the flogging Molly tour. And that, that was, Oh, that I heard that's a fucking blast, man. It we, was, it was, you know, it was pretty good. I was not all that um, excited about it, but it turned out to be great. Nice. Super body positive. It was like (laughs) everybody's in bathing suits and and it's like, let it all hang out, baby. Because (laughs) nobody gives a shit. And uh, you're not 22 and that doesn't matter. And and it's like very uh, gender fluid. And I loved it. I thought if this is what their version of punk rock is, uh, then I'm in. I'm I'm totally fine with that. You know, love who you love and be who you want to be because it's life's too fucking short absolutely and, uh, that's the kind yeah, of people you fun. do want to be trapped at sea with you know what yeah, i mean like if, yeah, if somehow, you're like these fucking blast man nobody cares yeah. about shit if the if the shit hit the fan and you had to get your dystopian team together it'd be like oh, i don't know i think we're all <laughs> doomed but uh what the hell you know nothing bad happened we didn't yeah, oh that's good. so great pretty fun. are you you're, you've been back how long have you been back out now after because I can't because I mean you're in Austin, Texas, so I know that Texas had looser restrictions than the rest of the country did. Have you been oh, back out on the road uh, for oh, a while I'm, now, or just a recently? very little bit? A very little bit. I mean, I'm uh, extremely careful because of my I'm, I'm luckily knocking on wood here, mm. um, healthy and fairly um, vital. Yeah, you look great, man. And um, but you know I'm. A certain age and and uh, i don't want to get my partner sick and i don't want to get sure. uh, the band sick and uh, you know we've got a bunch of stuff planned i'm going to do a solo tour in june for about three weeks and then x has got a big like six week tour with the psychedelic furs and oh dude awesome you gotta yeah, you're, yeah. you're hitting all the right spots here man because i love the psychedelic fur x and the psychedelic furs together is going to be phenomenal man yeah That's we did we did a couple like maybe a handful of dates with them in 2018 2019 something like that nice good, have you known them for a long time not really no and, mm. and i i couldn't say that i knew more than you know their hits mm-hmm. but they're mm-hmm. they're really versatile and and richard butler is a unbelievable front man yeah and uh and the band is is freaking great they just put out a record in 2020 like like x did right in the COVID times i think theirs was in september it's called made of rain yeah and uh you would love it if you haven't heard it, it has some unbelievably catchy but it sounds you know it's kind of perfect because it sounds you know that it's like the psychedelic first as soon as you put it on but it's not they're not trying to be something they were they're right, right, doing, right they're doing their version of who they are now mm-hmm. but they're not reinventing themselves they're they're like they're it's really really good yeah i love it yeah man i i, I love that kind of stuff and you know it's crazy i think that what you just described happens to a lot of bands that come back like later on is that they yeah. try to be them who they were years ago instead of kind of, you know, trying to go with the, you know what I mean? Like trying to discover who they are now. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know it's, why that, I don't know why that. Yeah, is, I don't know. But. Cause, cause it's a, 
It's hard. I mean, I think that's one of the things that got in, in X's way and making a record because mm. uh, we talked about it, but we thought, well, we don't know exactly what we want to do and we're not sure if it's all going to fall together right. And Yeah. But then some pieces started falling into place like um, Fat Possum released our um, our catalog because we got the masters back like mm -hmm. the first four records and and they were really happening. And then we found this producer, Rob Schnaff, who mixed a, a live record for us and and we thought oh well he gets it so now we got these two big pieces and yeah and so then we got to work and <laughs> it turned out turned out good very happy about it when that happens how involved are you guys as band members in getting your your work back you know what i mean and, and, the, and like the like the records back to be re-released are you do you kind of just pass it off to like a legal firm and then you guys oh, are yeah. kept abreast of it or yeah. or do you actively have to do stuff oh, okay you just basically the you know it's it's not as hard as you think you have to you have to um object to the company this is mm -hmm. i mean <laughs> you're asking the wrong guy let me preface <laughs> this by saying you're asking the wrong motherfucking guy okay. but uh, <laughs> the way i understand it is you have to to uh file a complaint or file some paperwork saying no you can't continue to put out these records it's been 25 years so we're going to take them back. So, you, oh, wow. okay. you, you know, you make a claim that you're going to take them back and then you file some other paperwork and basically the band just signs off, you know, signs on these uh, contracts that are saying we have the right to, to reclaim this. And I believe it was Blondie that first did that. Oh, wow. Because there's a, there's like a statute of limitations, you know, like, like yep. a indentured servant kind of uh, freaking, you can't hold somebody for more than this amount or their intellectual property i'm not sure what it is but it is the same thing for like movies and shit like that which is why the yes. you know uh, well, right. i think the marvel had gone through that whole thing where like you know if you don't use the hulk in the next five years it's mm -hmm. you know we get it back or whatever and then of course you know somebody right. would make a really shitty hulk movie for like right. 100 bucks and they'd be like but we made it <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? yes. and they get yeah, to yeah. use their shit anyway you know <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's brutal, yeah. man. I'm glad you're back out, dude. That's that's um that's got to be exciting yeah. and fucking awesome. Were you big? On, I mean, when the pandemic hit and stuff, and you were, you know, we were all as we were locked, we we're locked down. Did you kind of use that period to to be more creative, or were you just happy to take a break? Like, what was what was your situation like? Uh, kind of both. I mean, there was the <laughs> if you're not playing and not touring, there's you'd be surprised how much time you have. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. Uh, and and to be honest, we're so grateful. We're so fortunate. You know, we're a white people that have had a lot of advantages. B, uh, X has been very good to us in the last ten or fifteen years. Yeah, and and we're not twenty two and just blowing it on stupid shit. Right, and thinking it's all going to be like this for the rest of the you know rest of our lives. So. Yeah. Um, we didn't struggle with uh, financially. I started working with the two guys that made this record that's so nicely placed on either side of me, uh, Kevin Smith and Conrad Chacroon. And, and they're, they're pros. Kevin tours with Willie Nelson. He's Willie Nelson's bass player. And Conrad mm -hmm. has been in a bunch of different bands. He was uh, at that point touring with Patty Griffin. And um, um, I just, I called up Kevin in April, I think, of. Uh, yeah, April of 2020 and said, you're just sitting around, right? And he goes, you're damn right. And so I said, can I come over to your patio? 
and we just started playing, you know, for the hell of it. And I had a couple of new songs that we just kept working on it, invited Conrad over in like a, a month or so. And, mm-hmm. and, and then it just started taking shape and I started kind of tailoring the songs to, you know, a direction. So it would make a record. Um, nice. And, and then between then I, you know, would just kind of fuck around and X didn't do a whole lot of stuff. I mean, we did a lot of press for the, for the alphabet land record. And, uh, to answer your question before about Texas, I mean, no, I didn't really tour that much, mm. even, you know, like in 2021, X had a, a little moment, uh, you know, in July of 2021. Right. And then we did the uh, uh, holiday tour that we usually do on the West Coast and like November, December of 2021. And then in the last show, somebody got COVID and then we all did. Even though we're all vaxxed and boosted and all that bullshit. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, same. Yeah, I had to drive home to Texas from San Diego. I couldn't get on a plane. I'm not going to sit in some fucking hotel room for three weeks. Yeah, exactly. And then I brought brought COVID home for Christmas. It was lovely. Oh, very nice. My partner was thrilled. She was like, Christmas is ruined. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, even though, and it was that Omicron thing, and it was like so contagious. Even though we were, in, we were really like in two different parts of the house. We have a little guest room with a bathroom, and that's where I stay. Nice. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. I mean, I I had it about a month and a half ago now, but I was nobody yeah. that I know is more careful than me, and I still wound up fucking getting it, and it yeah. was brutal. I mean, I did like, I mean, not br- brutal, just like I was just pissed at myself because I was like, really. Yeah. You yeah. know, I evaded it for, yeah. you know, two, two, two and a half years and I yeah. fucking wound up getting it just pisses me off. Well, that's, that's what's, uh, kind of gives you anxiety going back at it. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's almost inevitable that, you know, no matter what you've done or you still yeah. can't, you know, just go willy nilly and kind of, yeah. Right. Anyway, everybody, uh, well, that's yeah. what, like, look at Colbert. Colbert got it twice within a month, I think, or, or whatever. Oh, and really? had to leave his, Yeah. He got some, he was, he was, he was really funny about it, but he, uh, yeah, he had gotten it and then had a lead, you know, couldn't do the late show and then went back to work and then fucking got it. Whatever the new variant was, BA two, three X 57, you know, whatever. And he, uh, and he wound up getting it again and he was like, could you fucking believe it? And then I was at the, um, Carlin premiere of the documentary the other night. Yeah. Kimmel was supposed to be there and or he was supposed to be in town doing something else i think because that's what it was yeah. and his buddy dan pasternak was like yeah he was supposed to be here and he got it again too he had just relapsed again and got the new variant so i don't know man it, it does it feels like it's never going away equally no equally, i don't yeah, think it will it um i want to you, you you're like I, I mentioned in the beginning when i said you're a singer songwriter actor poet guitarist and bass player what was the thing you wanted to do when you were younger, though? Like, was it always something in this field, or did you have a completely different direction you were headed in? Oh, at some point, I thought I was going to be a you know biologist or something. Oh, nice! Wow. Silly, like you know, you watch a, you watch a few Jacques <laughs> Cousteau's and think, "Ooh, that looks fun." Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then you know, I, I think I was in like fourth or fifth grade when when the you know Rolling Stones and Beatles and animals and zombies and, and yard birds etc cetera, etc cetera. and like, birds, yeah. oh that looks cool yeah um so yeah i started playing bass when i was about 15 or something like that oh nice yeah and and just that and that was a that was a point at which uh you know the psychedelic movement was all happening and mm-hmm. the doors were one of my favorite bands and you know janice joplin and all that shit so 
Nice. Yeah. And it just what goes is- on. But, but, and you know, at that point, I mean, during that the, that time period, it sounds really cliche because everybody's talked about it. But there was mm-hmm. great there was great radio. James Brown owned a, a radio station in Baltimore where I grew up, and you know, it's like fuck yeah. Uh, Ray, Ray uh, um, Manzarek from the Doors yes. produced your first album, right? He did the first four. The first four, holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I, I still miss him from time to time. He was great. He didn't yeah. try to. He didn't try to. You know pimp us or you know primp us and you know fluff us up he just thought oh these guys pretty know pretty much know what they want to do so why don't i just get great performances and make it sound good which uh the first two records didn't sound great but they sounded enough like you know punk rock to yeah they sounded like you guys yeah yeah uh we were better live i mean at Mm. that point they were you know people were just sort of pulling out of that like everything is close mic'd and and you know all the damage that the 70s early 70s bands did yeah. you know and and it was it because they wanted everything perfect you know I, I i have a friend who's a who's a big lover of linda ronstadt and like oh yeah same. she's she's great you know <clears throat> but i i tease him to say you know listening to a record by linda ronstadt there's not a hair out of place Right. Like everything, every note is like perfect because mm-hmm, they would yeah. comb through it, you know, like and say, oh, there's there's one. We'll fix that and we'll fix that and we'll fix. It's like, where's the garage band, you know? So, yeah, we were still recovering from that. I think the punk rock world was trying to make it messier and more crazy and shit like that. I Dude, we had a um, a singer songwriter on who's from who's from texas but now just moved to brooklyn recently actually uh her name is sarah jaffe and she was talking about how on her last album she left in all the imperfections and she loves it 10 times more oh yeah than than any kind of and that's the kind of she was like i that's just how i want to do it from now on i don't want to have yeah you know anything too like glossed over well she's uh, she's ahead of the game because she's listening to her intuition and she's keeping it real you know yeah so what was uh what what's Robert Quine up to these days? I heard you mention that you had just interviewed him. He is finally, dude. Yeah, he's first of all, he's a, he's just a blast. We t- we talked for two hours, and one of uh-huh. our friends was like, "Would you let him go to bed? He's 80. And I'm like, "Me? I'm like, he's still talking. <laughs> like I'm like, he clearly has shit to say. He hasn't. I guess you know whatever he's doing. I'm not gonna tell him to yeah. go to bed. Um, yeah. but yeah, it was hilarious. But he's he's a great man. He's still as sharp and as fucking funny as ever, and just up yeah. on current events and politics we we talked everything but he's coming um he's coming to new jersey he's doing uh rowan university still doing colleges by the way um but uh yeah he's doing rowan university in a few weeks i think um it's coming up and he's and he hasn't been out on the road in two years so he's finally getting back to it and finally getting back to doing stand-up it's gonna be exciting i'm gonna go see him awesome yeah he's great man crazy were you do you know do you know him at all no, no, I just uh, I'm a fan. Nice. Oh, that's yeah, cool, man. Yeah, yeah, I'll be glad to hear it. Um, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Like, do you? So, w- when you were starting out, I want to go back real quick to. Did you buy your first bass yourself? Did your parents get it? Where did you get your first instrument? I uh, I, I bought it on on uh, time, like weekly payments of five dollars. Mm, nice. Uh, my, you know, I think my parents, my mom signed for it. Oh, cool. Saying like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to be the adult. You know, saying this kid's going to do his thing. All right. It was a uh, it was a Kent bass, okay, and uh, you know it looked a little bit like a like a Hofner violin bass, but it had some little pointy thing at the bottom that was made it a little different. 
cool. It was okay. Yeah. But I was I was really lucky because the uh, the guy that was playing guitar with the, you know, quote band that mm-hmm. I was in, he had he had bought a 1960 jazz bass, which is like one of the most sought after bass guitars. He had bought one from a pawn shop for 150 bucks. And, uh, wow. you know, there was a guitar player, there was a piano player. And so I played bass. And because so uh, cool. I thought, well, I picked a bass because I thought it would be easier. And mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, it was. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Jaco Pastorius and uh, Flea. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I mean, it, it's it's got its own obstacles. But right. um, yeah, so he, I bought that bass from him, which I still have. Oh, it's cool, man. And, uh, well, you're, so your parents were fine with you going into music? Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. Well, they would do the thing that, that like any responsible parent would say is like, okay, I guess if you want to do it, you know, and they, they all, my dad played piano. He was into classical music and oh, nice. my mom used to sing uh, opera when she was in college. So, you know, they, they had some artistic leanings, but they were, you know, very straight. They came from Wisconsin. They wanted to, you know, kind of, uh, they, their, their households were more working class and they wanted to aspire to being, you know, upper middle class, you know, mm-hmm. so, uh, it's like, okay, if you want to do that, but you know, it's a really hard, it's a hard life. And of course it is, but just, at yeah. 16, you go like, huh, what the hell? Oh yeah. yeah. It's so funny. Would yeah. you, if I got, I always like to ask artists this, man, if looking back though, would you have decided to go into music still if you knew the road? Like it's it's a hard road, and obviously you've been successful. <laughs> but yes. if you knew at sixteen what you know now, would you have done that? Would you have been like, I'm gonna go be a oh, biologist? Oh, oh ab- no, I, I oh, absolutely would have gone. Into that makes music. me feel good. Yeah. Well, because yeah. I'm super fortunate in yeah. the thing. You know, I moved to Los Angeles at the right time, which I think was kind of fate. Uh, mm-hmm. Exine had moved there. I don't know, three or four months before me. Um, wow. Billy had Billy had been there for a few years, mm-hmm. but we all met each other, and you know, we made something that was uh, that was unique. Um, yeah. You know, it didn't it didn't set the world on fire, and and we're still a little weird for some people, for a lot of people. You know, we don't we don't have like a bona fide hit song or right. hit record or something. You know. Well, we've got a lot of street cred and, and, you know, there's a, a bunch of young people that come to see us and, and, and that's, that's rewarding. But it, the reason I got into it after, you know, realizing some, I, probably before moving to LA, cause mm-hmm. in Baltimore, I was lucky enough to, to hang around with the John Waters crew a little bit. Oh, nice. And, and became friendly with John and, and, um, uh, Mink stole a little bit. But I, I saw these people, and they were celebrities in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And but they were very approachable, and they were kind of like they were, these were you know kind of fuck ups. Just <laughs> who John Waters thought you can be an actor, you can too. And you know, and I thought, well, <laughs> shit, if these people can be famous, <laughs> I can be famous too. So, That's fucking great. And so you know, I moved to L.A. to be a bohemian, and well, golly, yeah, there were a bunch of misfits out there, and I succeeded in that part that seems like the time uh, a, a great time to go back into it i was it oh was god i'm trying to think of her fucking name and now i'm blanking on it right now she's a she's a writer it's really funny she said a documentary that scorsese did about her but she was talking about that time period 
like 60s, yeah. 70s, 80s. And yeah. she goes, you know, she goes, every day young people come up to me on the street and somebody will say, what was it like living in the, you know, one of those decades? What was it like in the 80s? Yeah. What was it like in the 70s? She goes, but when I was a kid, nobody ran up to my parents or my grandparents and was like, what were the 30s like? You know, yes. she's like, she's like, there's something about those time periods that everybody what like yeah. they it's unquestionable how, how how you know great they were to be around in i, w I wish i would have run up to her parents and said what was it like in the 30s because that really <laughs> like the 20s and 30s really does fascinate me you know, you know that was before everybody knew we could blow ourselves to oblivion oh yeah you know, i know in, in the, you know after world war ii but anyway um it was what's weird about you know, that time though is the the music around that time sometimes i'm like what was 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 it did they respond to music in the same way we do where we're like oh man i fucking love this song this is gonna be a hit yes. or this yes. is what i'm gonna fuck to and then like but yes. was it like oh you think it was then too i definitely absolutely. oh man so it had to be but i can't like i really like any other decade i can be like oh i totally i totally get it i understand what this is but then it gets to like the thirties. And it's like that, you know, fucking, I don't even know yeah. what you'd call it. I what, can't like swing. No. Like that. Not, 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 not. Yeah. Who, who is, who is like remembering <laughs> that? Like, you know, who's fucking to that? I don't know. You know what I mean? Everybody. <laughs> like everybody <laughs> from the, like day one, <laughs> but, but there was a bunch of, you know, there was also like uh, jazz, you know, like hot yeah. jazz. And there was, but can you, I, I can only imagine what it must have been like to go up to freaking Harlem and see uh, Cab Calloway and, yeah. or, or just any kind of white bread, big band. Right. You've got 15, 20 people on stage just blowing their brains out. It's like, Ooh, yeah. I think I'm a, a jitterbug. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty insane. Yeah. You see the way they're throwing people around and, Acting they all like, seem to know how to do that too. I don't know if it's just my yeah. my shitty perception yeah. of like music and shit like that, but I mean, uh. I guess everybody knew how to fucking dance. Like, I don't, I don't know, but like, my grandparents all knew how to dance like that. My great grandparents yeah. also knew how to dance like that. Today, yeah. I can't yeah. fucking dance the way no. people I know no. dance. No, because the society is broken down, and that's why your 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 podcast is called Dystopia Tonight because <laughs> we're living in it. Yeah. You're soaking in it, Madge. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so what did, what did people used to say like a few years ago oh the apocalypse just happened yeah or the rapture just happened and and bowie and prince got oh got taken dude you know, the apocalypse absolutely. has already happened we're just sort of living off the corpse uh, but no, <laughs> i hope not God, i hope not I, I hope i hope not too man because i feel like but i feel you 2016 was like all those people got like a cyanide capsule or like a, a, a ticket out of here. <laughs> they left oh, before the I fucking know. shit hit the fan. I you know, know. you had said something about becoming a biologist and I don't know why my brain immediately. Well, you, you know, you mentioned Jacques Cousteau. Yes. Here's what I love about celebrity. And I, and I feel like when I was a kid, I thought that this is a better trajectory. Right. Cause I was, I, I wanted to be like, I love space stuff, astronauts, like sciencey mm -hmm. shit, not good at any of it. Right. But, right. you know, you were like, I want to be a biologist, but I didn't go in that direction. I always thought, like, John Denver wasn't a biologist, but he fucking got to hang out with Jacques Cousteau because he was John Denver. <laughs> and I was like, that seems like the route to take. <laughs> I don't have to know anything about animals. I get to write a song about a boat and then hang out with the the, the, the guy who explored. The, yes, I'll write That's a song. The way to, that is totally the way to jokes. go. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Nice. You know, you I always when I was a kid, I would watch those those nature shows on Animal Planet, and it would be like oh yeah, Robin Williams would be hanging out with monkeys and shit, and you know, Jim Carrey <laughs> swim with dolphins. I'm like, I I'll tell like, some jokes and get to do that shit, you know? Yeah, that was your life hack. I get it. Maybe, maybe, you know, we'll just keep plugging away and 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 maybe someday we'll get, we'll get invited to do something fun with with a snake or whatever. Yeah. I just want to take John to the Brock Zoo and change his life. Yeah. Really. You know what though we uh actually I think with the Psych Furs, we got to play the Portland Zoo and the uh, Seattle Zoo and the Portland Zoo, they had some animals backstage wow. that you could kind of like get up close and personal with. They would have handlers and That's cool. one was this really freaky, beautiful owl. And another oh. one was, um, I was kind of like a, a pangolin. If you know what that is, it's oh, like yeah. the, the scaled anteater type thing. Yep. Yeah. Oh, great animal. It wasn't awesome. that it was, it was like a South American la la la. I don't know what it was. Oof. But it was cool as shit, man. Ah, oh, that's so. Good. And then you got to, you know, then then you had to go play. It's yeah, like, it was great. Yeah. Right, I'm with you. I'm with you. Any any uh, scientists that are listening or watching or whatever, we're in. We want. We're on it. Yeah. We want to do it. You know what? I'm gonna get us booked on a safari. I don't know where we're gonna play. <laughs> I'll I'll tell some. I'll tell five hundred <laughs> jokes. You do your songs, and then we'll go. Sure. We'll go uh, ride a giraffe. Yeah, I can. No, you can't ride. <laughs> That's cruel. No, you're right. What, right, right, what does a giraffe think of it? Come on, John. Get off my back, you dipshit. You, guy with the beard, off my back. <laughs> See, John Doe doesn't know how small John Poveromo is. I'm very, I'm pretty uh, short, man. It's well, a, this is this is okay. pocket size. Okay. I got this at a Builder Bear. John is, is actually a... John has ridden up to the stage on a Great Dane before. Maybe you're gonna wear it, giraffe. Oh, whoa, nice. Marmaduke! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> oh oh man. God! Yeah, I would love to do that kind of shit. There's yeah. a, there's this animal. Uh, there's this girl who does. She's like really big on social media or Instagram, or whatever. But she's an actual animal trainer. And yes. I've been I've been like thinking about I should have her on the show. Like, but I'm like, what would we? The, we'd have to wait to do a live one. What am I gonna do? Have her drag on some kind of Badger, like on the screen, you can't. You got a Jack yeah. that, you know. You got a Johnny Carson that shit, and be in the room. Yeah. Yes, that's true. It would be less rewarding. Yeah. However, that that may be your, you know, get the foot in the door. It may be your entry point, you know, to later on, you know, when things lighten up a little bit. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna it'd have you first, on this show. It'd be a first. It would. It, you, you know could, what? That's a great. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, I'm gonna you do can't it. See it, you can't see it, but you can hear it. Like, can you possibly make <laughs> encourage the animal to make a noise? You, know? you can't see it, but you can. So hear people, it. So um, people know that it's real. We're not just pretending. You got a fucking sock puppet <laughs> instead of an actual sloth. Oh my god! I just imagine she leaves after I ask her. Could you just squeeze the baby elephant so we can get like a just right no. on? <laughs> no. This interview is over. Yeah. <laughs> she closes her laptop. <laughs> Dude, my the other day I was coming home and it was like three o'clock in the morning. I was with my friend, and she and I are driving back from a wedding, and uh I saw an owl. And I nice. like and I I think she thought 
I was having a hard, like I, cause I pulled over real fucking quick, but yes. like he was, uh, he was chilling out on the side of the road for, I guess he had just killed, he must've just killed something. It must've been like something yes. dead in the road or whatever. Yeah. But like, I saw the owl and I mean, they went like, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh like, God. What happened? I was like, there, shut up. There's an owl. And she's like, are you crazy? <laughs> and I was like, no, I well, shut up. And I got a picture of it. And I'm sure the owl was like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? Like, I'm yeah. just, he's just trying to eat his dinner. Yeah, but I'm a lunatic for animals. I love it. Well, we share that. Maybe great, it, great. Maybe that's uh, our our secret. Well, yeah. not a secret anymore. <laughs> no. I, I was going. I was going down a uh, uh, country road uh, here in mm -hmm. Texas, and uh, and I see a stick at the end of the road, and mm -hmm. uh, it's like, oh, that stick is very straight. Hmm. It's about two feet long, maybe three. And I slow down, and I get out, and it's a snake, and it's a oh coral snake oh which is like red touch yellow kill a fella right yeah yeah. So, <laughs> yeah yeah of course i grabbed my phone and i took a little movie of it it's on my instagram thing oh nice it was so exciting people were going you're out of your mind it's like no no i'm you know 10 feet away from the damn thing but it was fast it was I, cool as hell yeah I, I got to send you now i'm gonna have to send you some videos on instagram uh so when i i used to work at a state park Oh. And they had a uh, red fox there. Oh, yeah. And we were not, you know, the whole thing. You're not supposed to feed them. But, you know, I'm working right. till like midnight, the 1 a.m. shift. And they're uh, they're out and about. I named all of them because um, they were, you know, nice. they all had, like like one had a limp. I named him Michael J. Um, <laughs> there was a, there was another one um, that was a little darker. I named him Jamie. Um, and then there was, you know, Vivica A. All any kind of celebrity for the fox name. I gave names. Um, but there's video. Because uh, I could say this now, I'm I'm not working there obviously anymore. Um, but we used to give I used to give them dog biscuits that we had for the dogs inside the thing. But one time I was like, I I want one to come in in the gatehouse with me, and I left oh, the no. door open, and I just put one down to see if because he he was the one I used to feed by hand, right? And uh and I used to because they were so used to people it did, like it was a state park and a beach, so like right. they would come up to people and steal sandwiches and chill out on the you know. <laughs> and there's a video of him actually coming in but he's like what the fuck is going oh, on oh god here? but uh, but i never did it again but it was funny because i would go outside and i would just hand him the biscuit and he would take it and run off and i would see him where he wasn't, wasn't that bright he'd like hide it in the beach come back and take another one and go hide it not too far off and i'll be like i can see where you're putting your food guy like there's no like, <laughs> no big mystery here if i really wanted to get it but i guess he felt secure with you so. yeah he must have that guy's just giving away these biscuits. He doesn't know. <laughs> this, this fool, he could be eating them himself. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, there's another picture I have of him, too. He's sitting on the bench, uh, on a people bench. We had, like, yeah. for whatever. And because I had sat there, and I had given him a sandwich, and I got up. And when I went back to go sit back in my seat, he was sitting in there. And I don't know if he was doing it in, like, kind of like a, I am also people. And now you can give me a whole sandwich, <laughs> like instead of just. I was like, "What's your deal?" But he was really, really—he's a good guy. He was friendly as shit. Yeah, love, love that animals. Stuff. Me yeah. too. Um, back to back to music. I'm sorry we took that deal. <laughs> no, what the hell? I talk yeah. about this crap all the time. Oh, fantastic! Talk man. about something different. Yeah, right. That's what uh, I, I yeah. agree. Um, so what is you're coming back out? You're coming to the East Coast. I know that you'd said that you're coming to the East Coast, right? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Excellent. Playing um, uh, playing DC and Philly, a couple of places. We're playing Queens and Brooklyn. 
nice. uh, was going to play the um, the city winery in Manhattan, but then Shlomo, who kind of runs the joint, got mm. a uh, really sweet offer for some private party, and he said, "Okay, well, we'll do it another time." And I said, "Sure." Oh it's fine. my god! That's no, it's good. It's yeah, good. no, I hear you. Uh, yeah, um, and then Boston, and I, actually, the one I'm most uh, excited about is we're playing uh, Levon's Barn up in uh, Woodstock. Oh, oh that's really cool. Very cool, yeah. man. Marshall Crenshaw and myself and oh, going to have so the cool. uh, the folk trio along and and yeah, it'll be good. It sound just like the record. That's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. Um when are you going to be in DC? Uh 14th. Oh, of of uh June? Of June. Yeah, actually it's not DC. We're playing um Vienna, Virginia. Oh, okay, okay. It's called Jam and Java. Oh, nice. I played it several times before. Oh, that's awesome. I'll yep. be, I'll be, I was, I was asking because I'll be in DC in July, but I figured oh, we're well. in the same area. Yeah, but I'll be, I'm coming out to Brooklyn to see you either way. Sure. Um, do you, when you were transitioning from music though to other avenues, like when you decided to act, what was yeah. the impetus to do that, man? I mean, was it just like, hey, I'm, I'm more than just this? I want to, because you were talking about John Waters and stuff and right. doing that kind of stuff. But when, when did the, when did it hit for you, like to be like, I'm going to do something different? <clears throat> um, well, I'll, I'll give Allison Anders credit for, you know, giving me a uh, opportunity. The first, mm -hmm. the first real movie that she and Kurt Voss and Dean Lent, they had all gone to UCLA together, oh. was called Border Radio, and she had cast a couple of other LA musician types. It was <clears throat> eighty, like three, maybe eighty four, mm -hmm. and um. So she asked me if I wanted to be in it, and it was rewarding. It was fun. And then there was a, you know, the agency that booked X. They had a theatrical department, and this woman, Maggie Abbott, had um, worked with some other musicians and, and you know, put me up for a couple of roles, and I auditioned, and, you know, it went on from there. It was a lot of on-the-job learning. Yeah. I didn't really take any classes until I, I worked with Harry Dean Stanton. Oh, and, I love uh, Harry Dean of, Stanton. Oh, yeah, he was great. Oh man! But uh, it was kind of a, a misbegotten movie called Slam Dance. Oh and, wow! Uh, it was just tried to do too much. Um, okay. What's his name? Um, oh god, this is terrible. Uh, the 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 lead in Mozart. Um, oh, oh fuck! Um, oh my god, I can see his face. Yeah. Uh, wait. Anyway, Tom, this one or Tom Hulse. Ah, oh. Tom Hulse. Yes. Yeah. He was the lead and Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio was in there mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Virginia Madsen was in it. Oh, she's great. And, and I think even uh, Adam Ant had a bit part in it. But anyway, oh, I got wow. uh, Harry Dean. Harry Dean and I were detectives and it was oh, a nice. sort of a film noir. But Tom Hulse was a was a uh, like a cartoonist. Oh. Anyway, it was just all mixed up. But. I did some scenes with Harry Dean and I realized I was just getting left in the fucking dust. I mean, he was just being wow. this character and I was like, you know, just trying to catch up. Right. So then I, did, yeah. I did take some classes, did scene study and improv and some junk like that. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. No big, yeah. no big shakes. He was, <laughs> yeah, he was, he was great, man. I remember watching uh, a bunch of like, he was in a lot of stuff when I was a kid. Harry yes. Stanton, like, and I, yep. he, I would just see him either small roles or big roles. He was everywhere yep. when I was a kid. Yeah, he um, had an incredible, incredible presence. 
And the last thing he did um, called, uh, what was it called? It's the last, it was kind of a tribute to his life. Oh, um, yeah. I know lucky. what you're talking about. Yeah, Lucky. lucky. Yeah. yeah. That was really great. But That was really good. I loved, dude, I saw him out of the blue in like a half or a half a second in the Avengers movie that came out in like 2012, the first really? Avengers movie. And yes. I was like, I was the only, I think it was the only one who shouted Harry Dean Stanton in the theater and people were like, what the fuck are you talking? And I was like, it's Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah he was amazing. Uh, it, yeah. it was, uh, but he, you know, he lived a long life. I think he lived a lot longer than he thought he would. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Dean could put away some freaking bourbon. Jesus. Oh, really? Oh, God that's great almighty. Oh, Lordy Lord. Yeah. But, um, you know, he was from Kentucky, so he could, he could do that. He was had raised up like that, but Here yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't do a whole lot. Um, actually I, I was going to do a part, uh, like just a day's work on reservation dogs, um, oh. which I think is a pretty great series. Yeah. Uh, I was going to do that uh, tomorrow, but then my partner fell and <laughs> broke her collarbone. <laughs> so oh, no. I said, look, guys i gotta take care of the family here yeah yeah but um yeah and, and there's a there's another movie that I, I shot with my friend kurt st thomas who used to work at wfnx mm. up in boston and we made a movie together years ago and uh he's like in 2017 he said we're gonna make a remake of uh we're gonna do a remake of doa the film noir movie and you're gonna be the guy oh nice it's like okay sure i'm in and then I didn't hear from him for six months. And I thought, oh, well, that was a fun, you know, fantasy. And then he called me up and said, we're going to do this movie. And I said, for sure. Yeah, I'm in. And it took like two years. But we finally shot it in like 2019, I think. Oh. And uh, and it's done. And it's really good. It's Sweet. all black and white. It's all period. Uh, I got to be the main cool. guy. And that was uh, both wonderful and terrifying, as you can imagine. <laughs> When's it coming out? I don't know. We're looking for a distributor. We we you know got turned down for a few uh, film festivals. We entered a, a few more. Wow. And uh, but film festivals have been pretty tough because they had like a two year fucking backlog. Yes. Of you know films that they wanted to program. Right. So we'll yeah. see. I'm That's I'm cool. sure it'll see the light of day. It was fun. Yeah. I hope so. I remember that. I like, remember seeing the first one. Yeah, Edmund O'Brien. Where he yes. goes into the police station and says, I want to report a murder. And he goes, Oh, yeah, who got murdered? And he goes, Well, I did. Yeah. Because <laughs> he gets poisoned. And then it's all told in flashback. And I love that's like the that hooks you right away. You know, they, they always talk about great writing and what you should get when you're when you're writing a book or anything, a book, an essay or whatever, and they gotta yes. get them and draw them in, in the first line. That's a yes. fucking great way to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, some some good images and uh and then just yeah, get that. Get the audience on your side. Yeah. 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 What was it? What, what was it like being in Roadhouse? Oh, it was a shit show. It was <laughs> it was so much fun. Oh my God. That's great uh, to hear. My my favorite person that I worked with all the time was this uh wrestler named Terry Funk. Oh wow. And uh awesome. back in the old day, back in the I think 70s, mm -hmm. they were uh they're both from Texas. He and his brother, Dory and Terry Funk, the Funk brothers. Wow. And and they sort of, you know, were on the line of like heels or heroes or, or what do they call? They don't call them heroes. 
heels no. and whatever. But anyway, Terry Funk was funnier than shit, man. He was so funny. And there was a point in uh, Roadhouse where I was waving a knife at Patrick Swayze. And and, uh, and the, the script said, uh, come on, chicken dick. Come get me or something like that. Or chicken, chicken shit. Chicken shit. You know, what are you, chicken shit? You know, or, come on, chicken shit. Come on, get, come and get me. Right. And I thought, oh, this is so cliche. I mean, chicken shit. How many times have you heard that? Yeah. So I went to, I turned to Terry and I said, come on, man, give me something. Give me something. What can I say instead of chicken shit? He goes, how about chicken dick? <laughs> so much better. I was just about Boom. to say that. That's, that's Boom. And uh, there's several people that have come up and commented on my use of chicken dick. In, in the that movie. is fucking hilarious. Yeah, but I insane. think that it was, it was insane. I mean, Ben Gazzara was in it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, uh, well, obviously, Patrick Swayze, uh, Kelly Willis was in it. And um, Sam Elliott was in it. I, I didn't work with so good. Uh, Sam Elliott very much, maybe one day. But um, yeah, it was, and they just spent so much money and so many stuntmen. And they would have these bar fights where you know, like they would have a queue where something would happen. And the entire bar would just go into this brawl. Oh, shit. And it, there'd be like 40-some stunt people, men and women and all different, you know, clothes. And 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 they were just like erupting. It's like everybody's throwing punches. Everybody's <laughs> falling on tables. Everybody's getting thrown across the room. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, that was it was great. It That's was, great. Was, I love that that movie's like stood the test of time and has become this cult classic. It's one of those like anytime oh, it's on TV, yeah. I just stop whatever the fuck yeah. I'm doing and I'm like, yeah. gotta watch Roadhouse. Well, it actually was kind of a bomb when it first came out. The first thing I, that Joel Joel Silver did that didn't do that well. He had done like Die Hard and Predator yeah, and some other, you know, something else, and then he did that and it was like a big bomb. Yeah, nobody wanted to see Patrick Swayze being a badass ripping somebody's throat out. Yeah, you know, man. You want to see romantic Patrick Swayze, you know, and Dirty Dancing and you know, right the ghost movie and stuff like that. Oh, the ghost movie. Yeah. Whatever. But he was he was a sweet guy, you know. Oh, that's cool. He was he was a good hard 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 worker. Wow. He and the I forget the name of the main henchman that he had the big, you know, battle royale with towards the end. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember his name, but he was a he was an actual Navy SEAL. So he Holy shit, some, I didn't know that. Yeah, he had a little bit of a scary undertone. It was like, oh, wow. probably have actually killed people. Yeah, yeah. Hmm, okay. Oh, man. <laughs> I just, I, it's going to be a pointless story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. It's not even a story. I literally was reading something about another movie. I know. I was like, what are you even bringing it up for? Yeah. No, but I was literally, I was, it was a movie that was just out. And uh, same situation. One of the dudes that they had hired to play this role was like, not an actor and he was literally like uh i i can't he was like ex marine or whatever the fuck it was and they yes. said he was terrifying uh, yeah. they were like i think this guy might actually wind up stabbing like because they they had to do a scene with weapons yes and they were like okay yeah you're getting a little too close to uh you know <laughs> like, that's not like, close yeah <laughs> exactly like, close yeah and they're like i think i think maybe we should just you know hold off or do like a cgi thing or because yeah, <laughs> he yeah. was like really into it wild yeah yeah it's gotta be intense it's uh, uh yeah that was that was fun i would say that was like top 10 of like let's go see the carnival you know yeah. let's go and and they would do incredible shit like they would 
they built an entire showroom, like an, an auto showroom, you know, 30 miles north of LA. Yeah. And, uh, you know, filled, put like three or four cars in there, had like, you know, 20 foot walls of glass because it was an auto showroom. And then they yeah. drove a monster truck through it. They just built the whole damn thing, yeah. put up about eight <laughs> cameras and said, okay, go, 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 go. And then they just drove this thing and like went crushed all the fucking cars incredible <laughs> it was totally incredible it's why i love when they can still do practical effects and, yes. and i don't care what it is when they're yes. when they're dedicated and they say like, what was werner herzog i don't know if you are you into the mm -hmm. um like the star wars stuff do you like that kind of shit sure. or, okay yeah. so Ma mandalorian was coming out right. and they were talking about you know they had grogu like the baby yoda character mm -hmm. or whatever and you know Werner Herzog's on in a bunch of those scenes with him or whatever, and then they're filming. So they actually did have a puppet uh, yes. that they had the Henson Company create. And then um, you know they get done doing whatever, and then they were like, "All right, now we're gonna just we have to do that again because we're gonna dub in you know the CGI in case the puppet doesn't look good." And Werner Herzog called them all put. He was like, "Pussies, cowards!" <laughs> <laughs> <He's> like. <laughs> Everyone was like, what the fuck? And he was like, just you, you, you know, just do the job and use the regular. And, and then they didn't use any CGI. They were like, you know, he's right. Yeah. Let's just get it right. And you know, whatever. Yeah. Oh, I love Good that. For him. Yeah, right? He gets, he gets another, yet if he needed it, he gets yet another little check mark at the end of his <laughs> right. Name. Yeah, for being a fucking badass. Cowards. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. I You're just saw pussies. a thing. <laughs> yeah, right? My girl. <laughs> Holy fuck. Fine, we'll leave the puppet in. Uh, I just saw a thing recently, too, which I feel like, you know, depending on the week Tom Cruise is and isn't popular or whatever, but I always give that dude credit for, like, he did another stunt for the latest Mission, Mission Impossible movie. I don't know how the fuck this guy survives it or, or, or just gets the balls to it. He's just He drove a motorcycle off of a cliff and it's actually him doing it. And then had one of those, uh, uh, I don't know what they're called. They look like flying squirrels, flight. man. You know, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the flight suit. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's all him. And I'm like, that, I got to give him credit for that, man. He may be, you know, kind of a nut, I guess, for the yes. Scientology uh, stuff. But think? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even I don't know, know why I'm being delicate about it. Like he's He was being delicate like, just in case John Doe was, was a like, Scientologist. That's what he <laughs> <laughs> well, well one i don't know if like, you're actually friends with tom cruise so i'm like no. i'm like you know and he's kind of a he's got that thing with the you know yeah. but yeah i know he's a fucking whack job i but think he does he, those he, stunts he probably did it he tell i i would say the people that do stuff like that they do it through will oh like yeah, they just they one. just they will they they know that they can do this and they just will it to happen yeah i think that makes will a lot is of the sense. most important thing yeah, yeah. Yeah, that does make sense because if I feel like like I'm a pretty good driver and I feel like there's certain things like if I'm I've driven through blizzards and all that other shit to get to gigs yeah. and yeah. I have no my my friends have been with me during that shit and they're like I would have been pulled over huddled in and I'm just like nah I'm gonna yeah. get I'm just gonna be able to drive through it it'll be fine. Well, a, a fun fact going back to Roadhouse and oh, yeah. uh, was that the stunt coordinator was this guy Charlie Paserni who's a who's pretty famous stunt coordinator. And uh, he did a lot of the Smokey and the Bandit stuff with Burt Reynolds and nice. all that kind of awesome. crap. So mm -hmm. he had a lot of a lot of respect. He because he had done all this shit. He had 
also directed some of those and you know and and one like there was one of the first stunts where my character got thrown through a plate glass window or something mm -hmm. and i said and i went to him and i said look i i don't necessarily want to do this <laughs> but if you if i have to and you can coach me i will mm -hmm. but i you know and he goes no you're an actor there's stuntmen that get paid for that and they get paid in order to feed their family and you get paid to feed your family and do whatever the hell you want to do let them do their job because if you get hurt there's no more fucking show wow that's a good point <laughs> and yeah. i thought oh well here's somebody who's a little bit older than me who's really freaking been through it and smart yeah huh I think I'll do that. I think, you know, but God bless Tom Cruise or, you know, uh, you whatever know, shampoo Fairbanks, they didn't... Fairbanks and, you know, yeah. Douglas Fairbanks and all these people, you know, or Burt Lancaster and all these people that used <clears throat> to be acrobats and they could do all that stuff. Cool. Yeah. Go for it. You know, yeah, but... I agree. It is kind of interesting. That's a, I never thought of that before that yeah, though that I, you're basically taking work away from somebody else though if you're the actor and you're insisting on doing your all stunts you're kind of jipping people out of yeah. you know their livelihood it's a, yeah. becomes like a, a dick swinging contest i guess at some point where they're like I'm, well you know yeah. it's like but but like um like i think i i think jackie chan i think is the is the like that guy i think yes. blows everybody yeah like at least like that at least that makes sense because this is a guy who came from that world into acting as opposed Absolutely. to the other way around yeah yeah. absolutely i don't know that i'd be able to i wouldn't be able to do any of that shit i can't even I, i've always wanted to like you know what i want to do i want to fly and i know that's ridiculous like it, <laughs> i i well actually what if i just went completely crazy and i'm like i just want to jump off a building um <laughs> but i want to actually like i'm not a i'm not a big fan of flying i know i've flown everywhere forever just because yes. of you know traveling and yeah. stuff but yeah. i think in my head, I feel like if I were actually in control, maybe I'd be able to get over the complete fear of not knowing what's going on in an airplane when I'm up in the sky. Right. But I also am too big of a pussy to actually attempt it because I feel like I would just. I can oh, make I, this happen. I have you, a guy. Can, yeah. Do you really? I have a, yeah. I have a guy that flies that we could pay him to fly us anywhere. I was going to take him down to Pittsburgh recently because it's my brother-in-law's good friend. We just have to pay ah. fuel and this and that. But they said once you're in the air. He'll let you take the controls and oh shit, dude, we got to do it. I'm terrible. Yeah. I'm already getting that's that's incredible. John, you want to come? <laughs> no, I don't. Because musicians, <laughs> because musicians and small aircraft have a terrible uh, relationship. That's true. Starting with like Buddy Holly, Richie yeah. Valens, Big Bopper, and you know, yes, Stevie Ray Vaughan <laughs> and Otis Redding and many, you know, Patty Patsy Cline and. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah right. one name, and I'm not going that. up with this guy either. I know. <laughs> yeah. the, the first time I went on a small plane, I did kind of freak out a little bit because I didn't know we were doing it and we were walking out on the tarmac or whatever. And I, because we were like, yeah, go like an hour or something like that or whatever. But I'm in my head, I had no idea what we were flying in. And I went to go get on the plane, and my friend was walking out, and he said he saw me go completely white. And he was like, Are you okay? And I was like, No, you didn't tell me we were flying on La Bamba Airline. Like, and he was yeah. like, You don't mention the name before you go on. <laughs> I was like, Well, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> so, like, was, you're, in a, you're in a Volkswagen bug that's got wings. <laughs> right? It's like, it's going like this. While you're, while you're, you know, get ready to take off. Exactly. Like, and the whole time I'm just like, is it supposed to be doing that? Yes. Is it supposed to be doing Yes. Yeah. Well, you got to look like, into the squirrel suit. That would be my suggestion. 
Uh, I love yeah. those. I, I watch. I follow this. Um, whatever the company is that does those. Um, those new jetpack things where like the the uh, the yeah. navy dudes are like flying from boat to boat or something like that. Yep. yep. I yep. think I could do that. Amazing. Those are amazing. I could barely close... handle riding a scooter. I don't think I could do that thing. Oh. Yeah, I, <laughs> on the other hand, John, they're probably very environmentally friendly. Those <laughs> fucking jetpacks. <laughs> there couldn't be any fumes coming out of that it's gonna it's gonna fuck up the ozone no 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 <laughs> just, As, just respect i don't want to kill your buzz man but i'm just saying no you're right yeah you're well, totally right i never thought of that as yeah, they're yeah. flying from ship to ship there's like a bunch of dead fish that are piling up underneath them. <laughs> exactly. exactly anything that touches surface level is dead yeah. i think it would be a great show to see you do it with ed bagley jr I think that would be the idea. Oh, yeah. yeah, then you oh. would, would beat you to a bloody pulp. He, he ab- I think he could do We We had him on a, a, about a year ago, and he's he's still th- – that dude It blows me away, man, because he is still climbing to the roof. He told us. He was like, yeah, I was just on the roof the other day putting in a solar panel. I was like, don't you have people for that? <laughs> Why is that vaguely? And he's like, nope, like to do it myself. And I was like, that is fucking wild. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, Good for so him. cool, man. Yeah, talk absolutely. Talk, walk the walk. At, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks for setting me straight on the jetpack thing. Now I don't have to. That's <laughs> all right. Now you can <laughs> mull it over. Just don't, I don't want you to take many rash decision, decisions. You're right. you know, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll stay on the ground. I'll stay on the ground. Um, <laughs> somebody's gonna offer me, and I'm like, John Doe said no, and I'm gonna go. Oh God, no! Don't put it on me. <laughs> Come on, brother. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, oh yeah, Buzz kill Doe. Yeah. Don't don't talk to him about your dreams because he'll shoot him down. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Oh Actually, my god. I'm a nice oh, I can't. I'm a nice enough person. I could probably use some, you know, bad <laughs> press. Oh no, no, no. I don't want to do anything. Sure. This is gonna be good. Um, dude, I want to thank you so much for coming. It's been an hour. I can't believe an hour has gone by already. It's fucking oh, wild. Well, man. look at that. There we go. It's yeah. Actually, one hour and seven minutes. I know I kept you over seven minutes. I apologize. That's okay. <laughs> I want everyone to uh, give a listen to this Fables in a Foreign Land. Yes. You're going to be out in your town. Look it up on uh, the website, thejohndoe.com. It's two E's, T-H-E-E, mm-hmm. like uh, old English, John Doe. And, um, Excellent. Yes, it's a, it's a very heartfelt, uh, beautiful, and scary record. It's, love it. it. It's frightening. And again, love the artwork again, too, man. It's Thank perfectly you. kind of captures everything that's in the in the in the album and on the songs and stuff. It's great stuff. Yeah. Um, I got to ask you the we're going to plug all of that too when the episodes come out. Um, and I want to ask you the big three questions that we ask every guest on yes. the show. You ready? ready? Okay, great. Lightning first round, question. That- yeah, lightning, light- round. lightning okay. round, but also take your time. Um, okay. <laughs> so first question is, if you can go back in time and talk to your younger self, what piece of advice would you give yourself that would help you today? Uh, trust my intuition. Nice. If the little voice is saying, oh, you're not going to like that. I don't think, you know, you're not going to like that in another six months or six years. Don't put it on the record, which you probably hear that. And then you go, then someone gives you a bunch of logical bullshit as to why it might be good. Mm -hmm. And then you go, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And, you know, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. And, oh, yeah. And then, but there's still that little voice is saying like, no, man. Yeah. That's bullshit. Don't do that. Nice. Yeah. So as as I've gotten older, I've listened to my intuition much more. Beautiful. I like yep. that a lot. Awesome. Um, second question is, 
what had to end in your life, good or bad, that led you to where you are today? Uh, <laughs> apart from toxic relationships, oh. <laughs> that's that, that goes for anybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's I not agree. original. Um, I would say in the last uh, two or three years, um, not understanding the destructive quality of my ego. Ooh, yeah. So anytime I'm 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 defending myself. I try to stop, drop, and roll and say, hold on, why am I defending myself? Maybe I can learn something. I wow. know this is very zen and no, that's philosophical, but I didn't tr I truly didn't understand it. And yeah. you know, I mean ego is good to a point so you can define who you are, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But I mean, yeah. if people didn't, yeah. That's a that's a really deep answer too because you're the first person to ever bring up ego, which I really like because you're right. It can be used effectively, like a like if you can kind of hone it. Because yeah. if we don't, if you don't have an ego in this business, then you're going to get crushed. True. But at the same time, you can use it. Like I like what you, the way you pointed it out is that it can be harmful to you too, and it can be harmful to people around you. Yeah, especially in in your personal life. Yes. So, ah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great advice. Um. And then the second, the third question is just tied into the show. Uh, it's goofy as shit. So yes. if this was a, if this is a genuine dystopia, and even yes. worse than we're in now, like alien zombies, yes. comet yes. heading toward the Earth, everybody yes. knows it's their last day. Yes. Um, how is John Doe going out? Oh. Hmm. <laughs> so many things and so little time. <laughs> Well, and I, it could I'd be probably, anything. I, yeah, I'd probably get a pack of cigarettes. That's one thing. Nice. Because I, I okay. had a good, I had a good run smoking cigarettes. I'm really glad that I quit. Okay. Um, I would. Nobody uh, ever tells you how cool it looks, but I, I've never. I, but I think it in my head. I'm a smoker, totally. but I don't. Yeah, it looks fucking Absolutely. badass. Yeah. yeah. Just watch the watch the um, out of the past movie with with uh, Robert Mitchum and Jane Greer and Kirk Douglas. Okay. Out of the past. It's like the best smoking movie ever. Really? Oh yeah. All right, oh, yeah. I'm gonna watch that tonight. Uh, some some good tequila. Uh, mm -hmm. Although I totally support sobriety, um, mm -hmm. I've mm -hmm. cut back substantially from the old days. Thank goodness. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd probably go out to nature with uh, with my family and uh, and partner. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. love nice. it. And I want to know what type of tequila. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah, I, was I don't know. Say the I, I don't know. Well. Um, uh, what is the uh, Lalo is is kind of a new tequila. It's it's very sippable. Ooh, you know, gotcha. I like just a little sip of tequila. Not a yep. people that pound shots of tequila are just amateurs. And God bless <laughs> them. God bless them. I agree. It, it is it it is a transcendental. You know, it is made out of a cactus or a succulent, so it does give you yeah. visions. Yeah, tequila is my favorite. That's my drink of uh, choice anyway. everywhere. <laughs> Although I do support sobriety. I do support all kinds of uh, hippie shit like that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's great, man. Thank you so much for coming on and spending time with us. I really appreciate it, man. It was a blast. Good time. We had a lot of laughs. I hope yeah. people enjoy it. And it wasn't, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah no, it was great, man. Too, I yeah. hope it wasn't too pointless. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> do, I, do I need to, um, to stay on the line? 
because uh, it's got um, upload or some stuff like that. No, no, no. You're good. You're, you're good, good man. to go. Okay. Yeah, you're good there's to go. Some, there's some new platforms that I, I was unaware of, and I just said, okay, cool. See you later. And like went, click, see you. And they said, and they're like, suddenly tick, tick, tick. Oh, shit. You got to come back on the line. We have to upload this thing for like yep. 10 minutes or whatever. Yeah. I anyway, know the one good. you're talking about. Yeah. I can't think of the name, but I did the same thing in an interview like a week ago. I didn't know. And I left and the guy was like, I'm sorry. Could you come back on? Yes. <laughs> like, we enter the chat room or whatever the hell. Yeah. 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 Um, it was crazy. But a it. pleasure continued. Good luck. Uh, Thank hopefully you. I'll see you up on the East coast and uh, otherwise uh, I'll see you later. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely man. Thanks Take so care. much, man. Peace. Have a great one. Bye. Dystopia tonight.